0: For the week of June 23rd, 2019, this is Star Wars TV Talk where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. This week, we're looking at Season 1, Episode 8 of The Clone Wars and Season 1, Episode 6 of Rebels. To help me tackle this is John. John, how are you doing? Very good. Uh,
1: We have a fan-favorite character coming back into the fold in one of tonight's episodes, so uh, this one's a little bit different. Uh, We're we're getting into some new territory with The Clone Wars. I'm excited to break it down.
0: Well, let's get right into this episode of The Clone Wars. Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 8. Bombad Jedi, <laughs> and this episode was written by Stephen Melking. In this episode, Ahmad Best returns to voice Jar Jar Binks as Jar Jar, and C three PO have to rescue Padme who was betrayed by an old family friend Anaconda Far. Yes, we have Jar Jar Binks. He is back with some more to do in this episode mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars. So. John, why do you think they made a Jar Jar Binks hero episode? I don't know if it was conscious rehabilitation
1: or just the fact that the people over at Lucasfilm don't carry the baggage for the character that, you know, some fans might. Uh, There's a lot of people that worked on the prequels or uh, that were coming up in that era and that are now working at Lucasfilm animation that uh, probably really like what was done in the prequels and enjoy the opportunity to revisit that character and give him a shining moment as, as close to a true competent hero as Jar Jar Binks will ever get in the movies. We saw a lot of bumbling and uh, not a lot of intentional heroism on Jar Jar's part, but in this episode they give him a moment where he has to make a choice, you know, like we can just run and hide C-3PO. We can, you know, there's nothing we have to do here, but no, it doesn't occur to Jar Jar that you would ever do that. Uh, Jar Jar has this moment of, okay, no, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. I might not be the the greatest at this, but I'm going to give it all I've got. And you can't help, but want to root for that. So I really like Jar Jar in this episode more so than I would say like the whole, you know, last third of Phantom Menace, you know, where they make him a general and he's dodging energy balls out on the planes and whatever, and ac- accidentally killing droids, uh, I just, I just really liked how he handled himself now that you know, the character and you're a little more accepting of who he is seeing him on an adventure where he actually is the victor and saves the day. uh, I, I, I got on board with it. I actually had a lot of fun with this one.
0: Yeah, I did too. And I like that he doesn't run away because in the Phantom Menace, you get the sense of, Oh, actually, no, we can't go back there. Oh, we can't go in there. That's a, that's a bad place to be. No, that's conflict. I don't like that. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. But in this one, a friend and an ally gets, gets betrayed here. Yeah. And, and he, and he makes the decision to go ahead and come back. And I like that you point out that, that Lucasfilm doesn't have this baggage with Jar Jar Binks. Right. Um Jar Jar Binks is a character that, that George Lucas worked on, put time into. This isn't something where he's just like, oh, I hate this character. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's something where he's thinking about his kids <laughs> Mm -hmm. and and thinking about uh this character that he creates that that turns into and and we get to see him grow a little bit in the clone wars and i feel like that people that have problems with jar jar still to this day maybe haven't seen clone wars sure and and seen and seen that uh his growth through that because that may change some some perspective of him here
1: yeah and you know like there is a segment of fans that will always curse Jar Jar. There's no getting right. around it. There's just some people that left a bad taste in their mouth, but there's a, a large population of just like movie aficionados, cinephiles that they watch Jar Jar and they see kind of what George Lucas saw. Like George Lucas was trying to uh, impose uh, some of the like physical comedians that he would have seen in his youth. Mm-hmm. The Buster Keatons, the, the Marx brothers, the three stooges, like he was trying to, Again, do what George Lucas does typically very masterfully, which is, uh, take things and synthesize them and infuse them into his world, you know? Um, he tried it with Jar Jar and for people that have the kind of film history that George Lucas has, uh, they might see it and say, Oh, I get what he was going for now. You know, that might be where the appreciation ends, but there's more there to Jar Jar that the people at Lucasfilm and just people probably in the biz maybe can appreciate a bit more than some fans that just took him at face value and said, this is too juvenile. And, you know, there's nothing really enjoyable about this character. Um, but. The way that they present him in the Clone Wars, I think, is walking that line a little bit better, where he's not just a bumbler. What he lacks in competence, he makes up for in just unabashed loyalty. You know, if he has a friend, it doesn't matter. There's no decision to be made. I'm going to rally for my friend. And that's a commendable quality. And we just didn't get enough of that in the movie for people to maybe be won over. There was too many poop jokes and, you know, not enough actual, maybe, uh, shining moments for Jar Jar for him to be a a more redeemable character in Phantom Menace. But we do get that here. And I love it.
0: Yeah. And one of the other criticisms was that he was given too much in Revenge of the Sith because he is the one that kind of steps in for <laughs> uh, for sure. the Republic and gives, you know, it says, I recommend giving Palpatine absolute power, basically. Right. And so that was one of the things where people, you know, they had that criticism. And it's just like, well, if you watch the Clone Wars, you see that he has some important roles to do like he does here. Um, and what do you think of him... Deciding to disguise himself as a Jedi.
1: I like that. Um, Just so that we don't get any, you know, uh, listener feedback. I'm pretty sure it was Attack of the Clones where he uh, puts forward the motion to give Palpatine emergency powers. I think that was, you know, Jar Jar's low point of being manipulated uh, when he's standing in for Amidala because she's off with Anakin. I don't think it happens in Revenge of the Sith because Amidala's around. She's on Coruscant the whole time. But anyways, you know, just 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 for you know, just to keep our facts straight, just in case anyone is listening and being like, "Oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about." It's easy to get everything jumbled up. But yes, to your point, Jar Jar is kind of the one that's the catalyst in a way to kick off you know some of the political dominoes that end up uh, crumbling the republic. Um, But as far as what we see here, where he actually takes what's available, you know, they they open the closet. There's a Jedi robe. Doesn't occur to them whose it might belong to, but it gives them an idea. Uh, to his credit he actually is able to win the day (laughs) with this little bit of subterfuge so uh, yeah good on Jar Jar
0: yeah and one of the things that like people you know the criticisms but one of the criticisms that that Luke brings up in The Last Jedi is that you know it wasn't Jar Jar Binks being a puppet of Palpatine necessarily like this is what everyone at the time agreed with like yeah he right. should be given emergency powers um, he was just the doofus that, that they put in to you know act,
1: act, move things around it was just he was the um, yeah the the idiot on hand when the machinations of you know the politics kind of came to a head there so yeah anyone that looks at Jar Jar and says that he's the villain of the the prequel trilogy I think is kind of missing the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and i like that that lucasfilm brought back i'm at best in this role mm-hmm. i thought that that was a, a cool little um you know a loyalty thing like you you did the part fine you nothing was wrong rose <laughs> wrong sure. with you um it you did exactly what we wanted you to do and you did it best so come back and do it again absolutely um so the robe on padme's ship that's definitely Anakin's robe, right?
1: We would assume so. I mean, we, <laughs>
0: we, I don't know what other Jedi's would be,
1: uh, disrobing on Padme's ship. So, uh, yeah, I think it's probably safe to assume that that might be Anakin's, uh, spare.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I just chuckled because as soon as, as soon as Jar Jar finds it, who you is this belongs to, <laughs> and then C-3PO, I have a very bad feeling about, it. or no C-3PO goes, uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, then later on has a very bad feeling about right, right, this. Right. Um, but yeah, he he keeps a lot of his his clumsiness. He still is kind of a clumsy guy, but successful. Yeah. So the the clumsiness and he kind of plays into it. Like once they uh uh once it's revealed that he's he's not really a, a Jedi, then his his clumsiness comes into hand here. Mm-hmm. Uh but it was it was great kind of seeing seeing him do this and uh pulling off a successful rescue mission. Yeah um and you have two of the arguably most clumsy characters being Jar Jar and 3PO yes. executing and that was fun to see yeah this
1: this episode has some similarities to the one a few episodes back where C3PO was bumbling through the ship on the you know the in, internal train transit system or whatever this was a very slapstick heavy episode for obvious reasons. And, uh, it is again, one of these standalone, this doesn't impact the, the larger storylines that are going through the clone wars. This is just, here's the, the happenings that kind of, uh, conclude within one little mini adventure with, with, uh, whatever heroes we decide to bring into this particular episode. So, um, this, again, is not one of the, uh, I, I think, the tentpole episodes that we would point to that say this is what's driving Clone Wars forward or really, like, raising the bar for what the show can do. This is typical Clone Wars. This is what a lot of people would point to the first season and say, yeah, these little one-off adventures, they're not quite as satisfying. You know, Star Wars kind of needs a saga element to it. There needs to be something that week over week we're tuning into. Um, because you know, the storyline is continuing. So when we get these little side adventures, um, they don't always, you, know, you don't they don't pay the same dividends as some of the other episodes, but purely to see Jar Jar win the day and do it because of a conscious decision to be loyal to Padme, um, that's too charming of, of an idea for me to not give this one high marks. So,
0: yeah, I have to agree with that. Yep. You so. you supposing we transition.
1: <laughs> oh, there's going to come a day where you run out of clever segues and then we're never <laughs> going to be able to get to Rebels, but
0: that was a good one. I'll give you that one. So let's, uh, let's talk a little Rebels. So Star Wars Rebels season one, episode six, Out of Darkness, mm-hmm. written by Kevin Hopps and directed by Stuart Lee. And in this episode, Ezra, Zeb, and Chopper are screwing around during a diagnostic check which leaves Hera and Sabine stranded on an abandoned base during a supply run to find that something is hiding in the darkness.
1: Mm-hmm. Keeping with our theme of standalone adventures, this is another one-off where there's not a whole lot that contributes to the larger storyline, but you know, it's a new threat that we haven't seen and a chance for Sabine and Hera to have their own little side adventure which we haven't really seen yet. So, right. um yeah, as another bottle episode Fun, competent, not super high stakes, a little conventional. You kind of know where it's going once they establish the I am legend logic, you know, to the, to the bad guys. Uh, so yeah, fun enough for what it was.
0: Yeah. And I, and I thought that it was fun just opening up. You see that Hera has, you know, you, a quite great flying capabilities sure. here. Yeah. Um, and, and then of course the brothers as and Chopper, they're screwing around too much while they're doing something important they make a big mistake that leads to they could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yep, the
1: the lughead boys cause a lot of problems for the girls in this one.
0: Yep, and uh and so what did you think about Sabine with her trust issues? Cuz last week we saw the team kind of putting a lot of trust in Ezra, but now we see that they're not always communicating everything that they're doing
1: yeah this if i'm gonna if i'm gonna put on my critics hat i'd say that this is a little weak because it feels conventional like this feels like the kind of melodrama that they would tack onto an episode that doesn't have a lot of weight to it like you know we need some excuse for drama so we're gonna make you know sabine uh chafing a little bit at not being let into the inner circle of, of who we're working for and you know what are these secrets that only you and kanan get to know about um I, I kind of get it because they do allude to a little bit of some of the trauma that she's faced in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, there is a little bit of character development there, but for the most part, this felt pretty lightweight and just kind of necessary to give the story a bit more heart so that they can have that closure moment at the end where Harris says, you know, we do trust you and there's good reasons for these things, but it's not you. And she's like, I know. So lessons are learned. It's, there's a little bit of a, I don't know, the after school special, <laughs> Kind of feel to the conclusion of this one. Um, And that's why I say it doesn't feel very high stakes or feel like there's a whole lot that contributes to the larger momentum of the story. But again, uh, Rebels has been doing such a good job um, at crafting their episodes that even when they have a bottle episode that is more lightweight and there just really isn't a whole lot uh, to, to bite into it's still perfectly competent and perfectly fun. So I won't knock it, but this wasn't the high watermark of what we've seen from rebels so far.
0: Yeah. And, and I think my issue with it was that it didn't really drive the plot of this episode forward. So it kind of starts off with like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Who's the, who's our guy we're working for? Why, why are we working for him? Who is he? Can I talk to him? I want to talk to him. I want, I want an insight on this, but then it, the episode goes, somewhere else entirely yes
1: it's a big distraction yes
0: yeah and it wraps up somewhere else entirely so it's just kind of like all right so i think it more so contributed just to dialogue throughout the episode yeah um
1: that's why i feel like
0: it 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 seems like
1: lightweight melodrama rather than uh, like a true deep character motivation because we haven't seen a lot of this from sabine so far Right. Uh, and it, it, it did feel, yeah, just a little tacked on and unresolved because on our way into the mission, there's some talk of like, you know, Fulcrum and, uh, uh, Sabine's kind of interjecting a little bit in, in Hera's, uh, communiques with him. So, uh, there's a little bit that they set the table with there that, like you said, doesn't get resolved because we just get distracted with these, uh, yeah, shadow beasts or whatever, you know, and it just becomes a. Uh, a romp it becomes a you know run away and use your wits to get out of the get out of peril without there being again to your point a whole lot of genuine depth to what they actually presented it during the first half of the episode
0: now i thought these new creatures were were interesting and this is something that i'm that i'm really enjoying about rebels is that we see we're we're seeing new creatures on mm-hmm. and and so many of these episodes and we're seeing new places we're exploring uh different things but it but are underneath the the star wars umbrella here um and these little i am legend creatures (laughs) yes just just hanging out in the darkness um i really liked them i thought they were i thought they were neat um i i remember the first time watching it kind of being tricked by uh by their eyes so when you first see that one in the darkness you just see the eyes i thought that it at first was um From Zeb's race.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the eyes
0: were very similar.
1: When I first saw just the eyes in the shadow peering out at them as they're getting the boxes, I'm thinking that's the contact watching them to double cross Mm -hmm. them or something along those lines. Because actually, uh, full disclosure, in my original run through of Rebels, I'm pretty sure I must have missed this one because this was all new to me when I watched it. So, I was a little bit caught by surprise there because I didn't immediately know what they were going to run into when they got to this asteroid or whatever they're on. So uh, my my thought was that, oh, it's actually some sort of agent menacing them from the shadows. But no, it's just a, you know, a pack of whatever
0: shadow dogs. Yeah. And, and they don't like the light. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, I thought that it was also fun because you have the brothers. They realize, oh, we screwed up. And it's just like, well, we ran the diagnostic check. Did you check the diagnostic right, right. check? Oh, let's do that right now. Oh, yeah. You have a fuel leak. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the
1: only real lessons learned in this was that, yeah, the guys can't be screwing around <laughs> with yeah. with their uh, chores because, yeah, people can get eaten when you do that.
0: <laughs> and I love that the droid is right in the middle of it. Usually the droid kind of has the mission, executes the mission, doesn't get really distracted with it. But in this one, he's just, he's twisting the knife and in the, in the two big brothers and, um, yeah, yeah. and is kind of. The root of a lot of the cause here
1: yeah Chopper's a very unique droid in the pantheon of great star wars droids because the mark of a, a true droid in the star wars universe is kind of like r2 or bb8 or k2so where when it comes right down to it they've always got your back and they're competent and uh, they have usually more inner strength and more character than some of the human characters so a lot of times we're rooting for the droids but Chopper is very cantankerous and he does like to pull pranks and sabotage. And he's just, yeah, he's a very, uh, sketchy droid. You don't always know if he's got your back or whether he's screwing around with you. And uh, it is interesting that if we really wanted to pin, uh, the, 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 the true peril that Hera and uh, Sabine were in, you could lay it at Chopper's feet because he instigates a lot of this and then perpetuates it. He gets everyone riled up and, uh, you know, ready to, clock each other and he's just standing off at the side chuckling. So I don't know as a droid companion, he's got his moments, but he causes a lot of problems.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things to where him and Zeb weren't even working together on this. Zeb's just like, Oh yeah. When he gets out, then, (laughs) then purge it. But Chopper purges it while Ezra is still down there. And Mm -hmm. it, uh, it, it, that's, (laughs) that was the main issue here. It distracted them from checking the, uh, the diagnostic run. Because they're all screwing around with Chopper. Yep, he's a crap disturber. <laughs> so maybe he's he's like R three S six, and we're gonna get a big reveal later.
1: Well, we'll just have to we'll just have to watch <laughs> and find out what happens. We have no idea where the story's going.
0: Absolutely not. Um, and I also like that when when they have these issues, they're kind of like, uh "Oh, we gotta go tell Dad that Mom and sis yes. are in trouble," and they're and they're allowed like, "No, you uh, you tell him. I don't want to tell him. Mm-hmm. You tell him. Okay, we're gonna have to tell him." And then when they walk in, ah, yes. Tara and Sabine are in trouble. <laughs> yes. Oh, did you sense that? No, you're yelling. <laughs> a little faux Jedi moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, fun. This, this episode, uh, as much as there is peril with the Shadow Doggies, um, it, it's a very tongue-in-cheek and humorous episode in a lot of ways, you know, there's a lot of beating on Chopper's head and flying around, you know, banging into walls and, uh, zeb cereal ends up on his face like it, it, this it's it's a pretty juvenile light-hearted romp which is okay every now and again um but i think my my big takeaway on this is that i'm ready to get back into the serious stuff i'm ready to revisit what's happening with the inquisitor maybe reveal some backstory you know i want a little bit more high stakes um and fortunately i think next week we we might be able to delve back into that territory
0: Well, speaking of funny things, John, where can the people find you?
1: (laughs) If people like funny things or arguably funny things, since SNL has always been controversial as to whether it's genuinely funny or not. (laughs) uh, If you are into Saturday Night Live, I do a podcast, Saturday Night Live After Party, that is my little pet project and uh i'm quite proud of it and you can find it at snlpodcast.com if you'd like to give it a listen you might find it enjoyable or if you can't stand my voice on this podcast you might not want to because you're going to get a lot more of the same um but anyways that's where you can find it snl after party in your podcast app of choice or at snlpodcast.com
0: and join us next week when we get into some serious stuff Mm -hmm. here with star wars rebels and clone wars they're both pretty serious can't wait If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are you the people going to die? Please leave us a review on iTunes. For every 10, we give away some awesome Star Wars merchandise. And you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and on Facebook at Facebook.com/Star Wars TV Talk. You can also check out our website, www.starwarstvtalk.com. And a special thanks to Laid Wogan for this intro and outro music. You can follow him on SoundCloud.com/Slash Laidwogan. Thanks for listening, and remember, the Force will be with you. Always.